0: Shock Monkey Radio's entertainment for adults by adults, and the views and opinions expressed here do not reflect upon FXBG Public Radio or its sponsors. For additional information, please refer to United States Bill of Rights. Stand warned. You know what? Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna choke EK when he gets here. Uh, you know, if you're not on, if you're if you're on time, you're late. That's how it works. That's how it works on this ship, shipmate. If you're on time, you're late. Okay, so uh, it's been a pretty horrible weekend for me. I don't know about you guys, but the flu is going through town. And uh, for about 24 hours um, between Friday and Saturday, my body had one goal, and that it was output. Everything that's inside, get it out. And it was horrible. I don't want to get into the, all the grisly details, but it was, it was awful. It was real awful. EK had it. <laughs> uh, we got it from his kids. Kids have the best germs, don't they? Oh, the highest quality germs anyway, <laughs> Bill Maher, new rule, uh, Geneva Conventions changes it so that the minimum combatant age is 55 years old. Think about that and, uh, get back to me. You can email me at madman Uh, speaking of which, let's get into the mailbag. Now, as you know, uh, if you send me an email and you don't want to be mentioned, and you say please, you know, don't put my email out there or anything like that, um, you could just request, and I'll and I'll do exactly that. Uh, but I got two I got two emails this week. Um, one and they're both they wanted to be anonymous. So um, this first one is from anonymous by request hereafter known as ABR. Hello, I am ABR representing the ABR Department at ABR News Network. Uh, Although we find your content crude, we do think that there is value in having you uh, write with a team at ABR. Respond by blah, blah, blah. blah. Um, Look, I think that the Internet is one of the most uh, revolutionary inventions mankind ever invented. Um, Not only does every rich dipshit in the Western world flaunt their privilege on YouTube, but horrific videos of the evil of mankind also end up on the same social media. Um, It's called viral for a reason, you know, you put it, you put a camera, a video camera in everybody's hand all over the world and all of a sudden local news affiliates don't matter anymore, you know. Everyone has become a correspondent, has been Johnny on the spot. From here to Timbuktu, everyone has the potential to be a journalist. Everyone has the p- the potential to be exclusive or more entertaining than network journalism. You are a fox being hunted by the yeoman. That's right. The lower class now has just as much power as you did. And you're scared out of your minds. You're scared out of your mind. You don't know what to do with it. You don't know what to do now. Your network doesn't matter. Your network doesn't matter because some... <laughs> Some local blogger, some local podcaster, some local YouTuber is going to catch it before you do. Okay, this is from an, another anonymous bitch, hereafter known as AAB. Hey, AAB here. And then she goes on, th- I'm sure this is a woman, and she goes and talks at length about herself and it is monotonous. People, why do people always got to talk talk about themselves so often? You know? I, I know I started off the show saying I had the flu, but it was horrible and I had to mention it. And so be safe out there. I mean, <laughs> cause I didn't, I don't, I wouldn't wish that flu I had on anybody. But the point is, is that people like talk about themselves way too much. Like I need all this background about how you went to puppet classes and shit like that. Anyway, AAB says here, um, how can you talk about Muppets like that? They're puppets. Here's my answer. In response to last week, when I talked about the Muppet war, um, Oh shit, if they're puppets, that makes it even worse. That means that society has become casual with people dressing up as Muppets and are totally casual with some dude on a lowered stage who only interacts through a puppet. Dudes dress up like giant birds. I guess furries make more sense in that world. Oh shit, I'm in that world! Thank you, AAB, for your email. Anyway... Uh, if you want to email me, I can respond. I'll put your information out there or or not as you, as you wish, as you wish, um, just email me at madman at fxbgpr.com and, uh, and I'll get back to you. Otherwise I'm just going to continue talking to myself. Okay. So, um, little EK Jr. has a birthday coming up and he's a, he's a, he's a leap year baby. And so, uh. Uh, last week, I was messing with him, um, and I said, how old are you? And he says, oh, I'm going to be four. I'm going to be four years old. And I said, you're one, and you know it. And he, he goes, no, I'm four. I was like, you're one year old, and you know it. And I just goes on, like, back and forth a couple times. And then finally, uh, little EK wanders over to his dad and says, Dad, Madman's mad bullying me. Now, here's the problem with these kids these days. This is me talking as soon as he said that. He goes, Madman's bullying me. And I say, this is the problem with these kids these days. You know, they can't handle their own shit. They can't handle it. You know, they all, they're all got to be run off and tell somebody. They're all snitches. And you know what happens? You know what happens, little EK with snitches? Snitches get stitches, but you're lucky. You're lucky. I'm in a good mood today. And I don't I feel like going to, uh, going to jail for beating up a one-year-old, which is what they'll put on the police report just to prove how much of a monster I am. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. EK, EK would have... Punch me in the face, and he'd have every right to if that actually happened. Anyway, I'm I'm just kidding. Happy birthday, little EK. Enjoy your vacation. You're going to have fun this week, buddy. Happy birthday to all those uh, leap year babies. Is, there, is it their birthday, too? Whether or not it's a leap year or not. I mean, they, they do something on, like, February 1st, at least, right? I should hope so. I'm sorry, March 1st. What month is this? I only wrote down the date, like, 15 times today. What day is this? Okay, so, um, <laughs> Freddie Mercury. Uh, um, I was thinking about Freddie Mercury, uh, lately. You know, I think about him quite often. I don't know about you. I don't know what it says about me, but it, uh, I do think about Freddie Mercury and ba- and the greatest band of all time, Queen. I think about it all the time, uh, not all the time, but frequently. And I was thinking about how the seventies were and how straight people's gaydar are. Uh, wasn't refined yet in the 70s. I mean, Liberace got under the radar. Gavin, Gavin McInnes is right. You know, Liberace kind of got in under the radar and sort like, of like Rip Taylor's and uh, 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 the Village People. A lot, You know, it, it got under a lot of people's radar. You know, they they didn't pick it up. Like, Liberace, what? Really? And that, people were rocking to a band called Queen and a lot of people didn't really think too much about it and girls would throw themselves at you know, Freddie. You know, just thinking he's a normal rock star who wants to get some poontang. But you know, by all accounts, you know, Freddie was uh, Freddie was ready for anything, really. Ready, Freddie. But uh, it was the seventies. It was the seventies we were li- They were living in, and uh, people would be like, uh, "Hey, Liberace, when are you gonna, when are you gonna settle down? not meet a nice girl." Oh, I don't know. Can't pick one. You know, and you're just like, "Oh, I, I believe it." That dude's probably knocking it back like crazy. No, no, no. He wasn't. He was a. Uh, he was behind the candelabra. <laughs> what a character. Uh, and it, but I was thinking about Freddie, and I was uh, I thought about that scene in Forty Year Old Virgin, where uh, they're all talking about uh, sex with women, and uh, you know, uh, what's that dude's name? Steve Carell's character, he has no idea. He's just making up what he thinks it's like. And so I was like, uh, I was thinking about poor Freddie, you know, in the 70s. And they're all sitting around, the band's all sitting around just in between jam sessions or whatever, talking about the girls they banged and so forth. And, then, and they're like, oh, what about you, Freddie? And he's like, oh, yes, I love shagging women. They're all, they're all squishy and smell weird. And they're like, what? Yeah, you know, when they, we do each other's nails and so forth all right, Freddy, whatever. Never float your boat. do float your boat, mate. And then maybe, like, uh, Brian May, like, had a lyric sheet in front of him. And, uh, uh, Freddy, it says he here in the lyrics instead of her. And Freddy's just like, uh, typewriters don't, typewriters don't understand me, love. They don't obey my commands. It's obviously a mistype, Obviously. And maybe even uh, John Deacon turned to Freddie and said, what are you looking at, Freddie? John, I would kill to have those legs, darling. You should wear these short, short basketball shorts. It'll be, the ladies will love it. <laughs> I think it had to have happened, right? Or do you think that maybe like Freddie made a pass at every member of that band? And so here's, here's the, the order I've thought about this for a long time. I, I thought about it was like maybe for, because if you look at the dudes, and I'm not, I'm not, I don't want to sound like a queer or nothing, but uh, <laughs> remember that movie? What was that? Orgasmo? But I think unicorns kick ass. <laughs> the, uh, I don't want to sound like a queer or nothing, but it, when it comes to the good looking nature of the people in the band, you know, I would rank like Roger Taylor is probably the best looking, then Brian May, then John Deacon, and then Freddie. And so if Freddie made a pass at every single band member and they all rejected him, wouldn't that make them the coolest band to be in a band with? Where they all just like, he made a pass at me too. But we're not going to kick him out of the band for that, are we? It's like, it, it, it'll break the heart, guy's heart even more. That's, that's four heartbreaks in one band. <laughs> Sorry. Wouldn't that make them the coolest guys ever, though? Seriously. if He made a pass at all of them. He got, like, they all rejected him. But we still want you to be a singer. I mean, you're still amazing. That little artwork you did for the Queen symbol? You know Freddie drew that, right? The Queen artwork? It's really cool. I like it. I mean, he was a fantastic performer, fantastic artist. But, I mean, probably a little sad. Let's face it, you know, he was in, wasn't the prettiest of men. I know how that feels. Anyway, so... uh. Queen. What a band, huh? love it. I love it. So, wow, I really cruised through it. So, um, I was worried I wouldn't have enough time uh, to get into some special treats I have set aside here for this uh, next 15 minutes. Uh, Hopefully, hopefully I can make it last 15 minutes. I talk fast sometimes. So, um, yeah, there's this incredible writer out there right now. He's available for download over at Amazon.com. Uh, search the uh the author's name is scott l robbins he has two t's and scott uh, l period robbins with two b's he's uh he's a writer and he wrote this series called exit 13 and i i I bought the books they're 99 cents each they're a collection of short stories they're i bought them so it was like three bucks i got all three and so um you know i read it over the last couple days while i there's a couple of excerpts I printed out here that uh, I want to read to you because it's just so damn good, and you should get these books yourself. Uh, he also had other books on on there that uh, um, I'm, I downloaded. I bought and downloaded. Uh, I haven't got to them yet, but one was called Ravings of a Madman, and uh, another was called The Bunny Years, years, Y-E-A-R-S, colon, a memoir. Search, search for this author because... I want to read you a couple of these short stories and some of them are pretty short. Like these two separate stories and they're like two pages each. So I'm going to start with the least cool one, which is weird to say, considering how cool these stories are. Um, some, most of them, a couple of them are longer than others. Uh, but there's also recurring stories that come, like there's this guitar story that it kind of goes like backwards in time about this, I don't know, weird guitar. Everyone that owns it keeps dying. Uh, anyway, these, these are selected there's three books in the series of Exit 13. It's uh, Exit 13, I wrote it down, hold on. Uh, yeah, Exit 13, Keep Right, Exit 13, Mer, uh, Blind Corner, and Exit 13, Merge. Um, I, I believe these two excerpts come from the second book, Blind Corner. Uh, but this is in one of the reoccurring stories called Simon Hart, Cindy. By the author Scott L. Robbins. Somewhere off another exit, thirteen. The small office of the motel was crammed with people, and the air conditioning did not seem to make the temperature much lower than the heat outside. The police in the office watched the two police cars at the other end of the parking lot. Two officers had already entered the room, entered room thirty-one, and the uh, other two were talking to the people in room thirty. Inside room thirty-one, one officer was watching Simon sit calmly on the ch- in the chair in handcuffs, as the other officer approached the bound and gagged woman on the bed. The younger officer, w- was watching Simon, uh, who was watching Simon, looked over the table, which had a rope, bungee cords, and a handheld taser. One more senior officer carefully pulled the gag out of Cindy's mouth. Now, he said, hand resting on the pistol in its holster, clear this up for us, ma'am. Is this some weird sex thing? No, she said with a southern accent. You need to lock up that psycho right this minute. You shut the hell up, Jasmine, Simon uh, stood as he shouted at her. The young cop deftly placed one hand on Simon's chest and shoved him back in the chair. The senior cop nodded at the junior. The, younger, the young officer met, uh, motioned for Simon to stand back up, and with a frustrated grunt, Simon complied. Okay, the cop said to Simon. Now I, have, now I have to place you under arrest. Taking Simon by the elbow to lead him out of the motel room, the junior officer began reciting the Miranda rights. The older policeman started untying the knots that kept Cindy's body secure on the bed. Simon looked at the soul in control of his girlfriend's body, and Cindy's lips curled into a smug smile that Simon had never seen before. then a, Then again, Jasmine had never had a victory like this one before. Oh, thank you so much, she said as the senior officer freed her left hand and immediately moved it to scratch her nose. Simon was being asked a question, but wasn't be, wasn't paying attention. He was trying to formulate a plan to get his girlfriend back as he was led towards the police car in the motel parking lot. Simon looked across the parking lot towards the familiar faces in the motel office. Anger surged within his chest and soon expelled itself as the most vulgar words he could shout at them. Hey, the cop raised his voice and shook Simon by the elbow. Do you understand these rights? Yes, Simon said, defeated. The young cop nodded and opened the back of the police car and shoved Simon in by the head and the shoulder. The door closed and the silence inside the car gave Simon time to calm down and think. Inside the motel room, the officer had finished freeing the woman on the bed. He carefully helped her rise off of of the bed. Once on her feet, the younger officer came back into the room. The older officer spotted a bottle of water on the nightstand and snatched it up to hand it to Cindy. Thank you again, she said, taking the bottle and opening it for a quick, quick sip. Can you tell me what happened here? Oh, she said, holding the water bottle close to her mouth. That creep kidnapped me back east and has been dragging me all over the place, tying me up in seedy motel rooms. Well, the older officer, the older cop started to explain. We have to take you with us to get a complete statement from you. Really, she said, looking over the younger cop who nodded in response. Standard procedure, ma'am, the older cop continued, as if following some rehearsed conversation. In that case, I need a few minutes to talk to my friends in the office a moment, she said, almost sounding like like a request. The two cops nodded and took a couple steps towards each other. Jasmine spun with grace on Cindy's heel and walked briskly out of the motel room, ignoring the glare Simon was giving her from the back of the police car. Who does she know here if she was always, always tied up? The younger cop asked. asked. <laughs> I don't know. We'll get the whole story later. I'm concerned about why he called her Jasmine when her ID says her name is Cindy. The older cop shrugged, holding out the ID in question that he found on the nightstand. The young cop peered at it for a moment and shrugged. They both turned and started looking around the room for any more relevant information. Simon tried to turn around as best he could in the back of the squad car. He watched Cindy's body open the door to the motel office and poke her head inside. Most of the faces lit up in expectation. Only the guy guy behind the desk did not seem excited, but still watched out of idle curiosity. Simon would have given anything to know what she was saying to them. My darling, she smiled at their eager faces. I want to thank you for helping me rescue me help rescue me from that sick and violent man. I have to go answer some questions for the police and then I'll be back and we can pick up where we left off. Is Darren still with you? One of the faces asked of her. And my Jacob? Another chimed in before all the voices started overlapping with desperate questions. Jasmine lifted Cindy's hand and halted their noise almost instantly. The, she smiled wide and looked over every... Each and every face, as she answered them in her very general way, they're always with me, all of them. I'll be back as soon as I can," she said, and with another look, without another look or allowing an opportunity for response, she backed out of the door and turned to head back across the parking lot. She saw the cops coming out of the hotel room to meet her, as Simon watched her intently for as long as he could. Soon they were separated as the two police cars pulled out of the parking lot towards exit thirteen. With the victim and perpetrator in separate vehicles. Yeah, this is a si- uh, Simon hart Cindy story. First one's cool too, because uh, you don't really know what's going on. Yeah. No, oh, I got I got eight minutes. I could probably do these two pages in eight minutes. Uh, so this is a uh, this is from the Warlock storyline, which is kind of a weird one. Another weird one. There's a bunch of weird stories. They're like. Uh, uh, who's that writer? Uh, Richard Matheson, you know who that is Richard Matheson? It reminds me of Richard Matheson. Uh, anyway, so this is called the, one of the Warlock Stories. This is from the second uh, book in the Exit 13 series. The Warlock." Craig pushed open the door and a strong sense strong stench of incense almost choked him. Somewhere in the back of the shop, an electronic chime sounded. Craig stopped for a moment to look over a Bob Marley t-shirt as he let his olfactory senses acclimate to the sweet stench of the store. A young blonde girl with dreadlocks pushed through the beaded curtain to welcome Craig to the head shop. Welcome to White Magic, she said. How can I help you? Craig took out his brand new smartphone and he walked over to the counter. He could feel the girl's eyes on his expensive clothing as he searched in his phone for the photographs he needed. Finding the photos, he turned his phone around so uh, she could see the screen. I'm looking for old dolls that are 26 inches tall and probably wrapped in yarn. I'm willing to buy as many as you have, Craig told her as she studied the pictures. No, she said, shaking her head as Craig heard someone moving around behind the beaded curtain. I've never seen anything like that. Is that your boss in the back? Craig asked, pulling his phone away from the girl's face. Yeah, Hannah, the girl yelled and took a step back and went about lighting a cigarette. Yeah, the older brunette responded as she pushed through the curtain. Craig looked uh, up as she entered and immediately noticed the scar on her face, a straight line beginning at her at her forehead and ending on the left eyebrow. The scar began at her cheek cheekbone and extended another inch or two down her face. Craig's mind flashed back to the night in the old lady's house. He had shoved his knife into the yarn of one of the dolls to cut it, and to cut it away, but when he unwrapped the doll, he had damaged the face, leaving a mark clearly, uh, eerily similar to the scar on Hannah's face. Hannah noticed him staring at her scar, and the corners of her mouth turned down briefly in contempt. Craig felt a little embarrassed and looked down at his phone as he walked along the counter closer to Hannah. Again, he held out his phone to show the photos to Hannah. Looking only for a second, her eyes snapped to meet Craig's as he saw her breathing saw her breathing change. She glanced at the blonde girl quickly, and Craig decided that Hannah looked frightened after seeing the photo. Withdrawing the phone, he locked it and put it back in his pocket. "Jessie," she said to the blonde, that box underneath that stack, stack of books near the filing cabinet, could you bring that to me? Sure, Jesse replied, pushing through the curtain and back and in, into the back. Hannah looked at Craig nervously, carefully, carefully looking over his clothing and features. Craig smiled politely, confused about why she was so nervous. What do you want? She finally asked. Just, uh, Craig stumbled mentally, confused by her phrasing. Just, just want to buy any and all dolls you have like that. Hannah seemed doubtful that he was telling the truth. In the back, Craig could hear the sound of books being tossed on the floor. Craig shifted his weight in discomfort, averting his eyes from Hannah, who was now staring at him. That's it, she asked, clearing her throat afterwards. Yeah, I just want to buy something, okay? Okay, she responded apprehensively. You all right, he asked of Hannah, as Jesse returned with an old wooden box which he placed on the counter. Fine, Hannah answered, shaking her head. Sliding the box closer... Hannah unlocked the two latches of the wooden box and opened it. Craig smiled wide as he looked at the doll wrapped in yarn, lying in the box. "'This is what you're looking for,' Hannah stated. "'Yes, is this the only one you got?' Craig asked. "'Yep,' Hannah answered. "'How much do you want for it?' Craig said, pulling out his wallet and opening opening it to expose several hundred-dollar bills that he had inside. Jesse gasped a little and smiled wide at Craig. Craig thumbed the bills, waiting on Hannah to quote a price. However, Jesse interrupted the negotiation. "'Are you rich?' she asked." Not really, Craig said politely. I just recently found some old comic books and sold them for a small fortune in Baltimore. I had no idea people would pay that much for them. So now you buy old dolls? Jesse asked with mild confusion. Well, yeah, it's a long story, Craig said. I bet, Hannah Anna joined the conversation. I'll give you this doll on one condition. You take this doll and never come back here. Craig and Jesse both gave Hannah a confused look. Jessie's mouth opened wide as she had never heard Hannah say ever, ever say something that rude. Craig figured that Hannah did, didn't like him because he caught him staring at her scar. That's not a problem, Craig said after short, short pause. I'm not into reggae or incense or drawing pot leaves on notebooks, but I should pay you something for this. I don't want your money, Hannah scowled. Just take it and go. Craig put his wallet back in his pocket and looked over the girls, uh, both girls, one more time, lifting the lifting the yarn-covered doll out of the box and tucking it under his arm. Craig smiled and turned to walk away, wondering if he should say something more. Looking, at, looking back at the girls as he opened the door to the shop, he nodded and smiled again. "'Thank you,' he said, looking directly at Hannah. Uh, the scowl remained on her face as he walked out the door and headed towards his car. Walking across the street, Craig glanced back at Hannah and Jessie through the window of the store and saw them having some sort of heated discussion. Craig popped the trunk of his car and placed the doll inside. Craig's toolbox was also in the trunk, and he opened it to pull out his box cutter. Extending the blade with his his thumb, he thought about about Hannah's scar and carefully started cutting uh, the yarn wound tightly around the doll. A few strands at a time, Craig slowly and gingerly unwrapped the doll, and after clearing away all the yarn stuck to the doll, he unceremoniously tossed the doll on top of the yarn scraps in the trunk. Closing it, he changed his traffic... uh, He he checked the traffic coming from behind and saw that it was clear. Producing his keys again, he walked to the driver's side of his car and got inside. Craig started the car and headed for home. Yeah, so that's that uh, author, Scott L. Robbins. He's available over on uh, uh, Amazon.com.
1: Should I go live on the internet?
0: Are you? Why are we not? You're recording. Yeah, the video. You
1: didn't go live to the website. Yeah. You're recording in both places. Okay. You just didn't go live to the website. My bad. Your mom just yeah, <laughs> sent me a message. Yeah, I see it.
0: I see it. <laughs> well, that was wonderful.
1: Oh, you know, I'm glad she listens because we get great feedback from her.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> see, this live is, now. See, this is... All right, folks, it's 630. I know it's getting closer to the news worth knowing, but, I, you know, I got a bone to pick, all right? When, when you're on time, you're late. You understand? When you're on time, you're... What? What now?
1: I don't know. The doorbell rang.
0: Oh, my God.
1: What's happening?
0: I am sorry for you people just now joining. But I have an idiot for technician. I don't know how many times i got to tell him. If you're on time, you're late. I don't get it. These people, these civilians, these civilians, they don't know a damn thing. They don't know, you know... When I, I make a commitment, I say I'm going to be live on fxbgpublicradio.com <coughs> at 6 o'clock. People expect it to be on at 6 o'clock. So is the podcast going to start, like, in the middle when it gets uploaded?
1: No. You, the, the whole recording, we got the whole work re- You've been recording the whole time. What, the, only, the thing is, anybody who is, had, may have tried to listen live uh, <coughs> would, not, would not have heard the live feed. They would only be able to listen to the whole show. So listeners, if you're just now tuning in, if you want to hear what you missed, because there was a whole half hour that you have missed, you're going to have to subscribe. (sighs) But that's okay, Scott, Madman. You know why? Because you have way more subscribers than you have live listeners. Way more. And guess what the subscribers are going to get? The whole thing.
0: It doesn't matter. I'm still furious at you. You should have been here. You should have been here because some people only listen live, because they can't understand the
1: internet (laughs) well (laughs) enough to use Castbox. Or I, I, I but it's so it's so easy. You if you if you have a Google phone, you go to the Play Store, you do this little search magnifying glass, you click that, and then you search for Castbox.
0: You've lost every single boomer.
1: Uh, Okay, Um, you could also go to uh, fxbgpublicradio.com. Go to uh, the. current shows and go to the shock monkeys link and then you can listen to the the, each audio episode right from the website when it's not live if you can't do um subscriptions you can listen right from our own website which will just drive traffic up shut up your voice is annoying me (laughs) god damn it i'm doing promo i'm pissed at you dude this
0: is why why when you're on time you're late something unpredictable happens you're already you know you already got time to deal with it
1: i know exactly how we can fix this problem
0: I don't know, by being a responsible adult.
1: Or maybe by getting some more staff.
0: Uh yeah. We're looking for interns over here at uh Shock Monkey Spe- Radio and FXPG Public specifically Radio. Specifically,
1: someone to be Orion, because I fucking am not one. And Shut won't be up. And, and and won't be treated like one. Shut up. Butthole. I can give it right back.
0: Ah, you're so good at it, too. Anyway. Uh, yeah, check out the books. On uh Amazon.com, digital download, look for Scott L. Robbins, two T's and two B's, I read a couple excerpts from the Exit 13 book, uh, Blind Corner, check that out, but, uh, (sighs) this is why I don't like doing him, okay, let's get into the news worth knowing. All right, Trump scolds CNN's Jim Acosta in India. You ought to be ashamed of yourself, frankly. Uh, So, Jesus. Uh, President Trump scolded CNN White House correspondent Jim Acosta on Tuesday during a press conference in India, telling the reporter he should be ashamed and blasting the liberal network. Acosta asked Trump if he would be if he would accept foreign interference in the upcoming election and how he could justify replacing Joseph McGuire as acting director of national intelligence. The president didn't appreciate the uh, two part question. First of all, I don't want any, I don't want no help from any country and I haven't been able to give help. I haven't been given any help from any country. Uh, if you could see what... Is this, I'm going to talk regularly so you understand. This is what else he said. If you see what CNN, your wonderful network, said, I guess they apologized in a way. Didn't they apologize for the fact that they said certain things that weren't true? Tell me, what was their apology yesterday? What did they say? Acosta fired back. Mr. President, I think our record on delivering the truth is a lot better than yours sometimes. What is wrong with that man? Trump responded by attacking the credibility of Costa and CNN. Your record is so bad, you ought to be ashamed of yourself. You have probably the worst record in the history of broadcasting. Trump said as Acosta attempted to interject. As far as McGuire is concerned, he's a terrific guy, but on March 11th, his time ended anyway. His time came up, and so, it, so it would have to had, to, had to, by statute, we would have to have changed him anyway. The combat of Acosta then asked if the acting director of national intelligence will have expertise experience in the field. Yes, we're we're talking to five different people right now. I think all people that you'd know, all people that you would respect, and I'll make a decision probably over the next week or two. Uh we have we have some very good people. Anyway, so I don't know what's up with Jim Acosta. Uh, I like how Ben Shapiro says it. You know, ladies, find yourself a man who loves you like Jim Acosta loves Jim Acosta. That is that is extremely true. That guy is. That's why he bumps heads with Trump so often, is because his ego is equally unchecked. And if you know anything about people with egos like that, they always got to bump into each other. Always. That's why Jim Acosta shouldn't be a correspondent. That's why he shouldn't be out there, because he's an arrogant piece of shit. You know, journalism is, is about uh, not being the news. Jim Acosta's out there trying to be the news. You report the news. You don't become the news. Dipshit Jim Acosta. Anyway, uh, <laughs> did you hear something about this Leaning Tower of Dallas? Le- the Leaning Tower of Dallas? It remains standing after hundreds of wrecking ball blows. Uh, an 11-story 11, 11 building that has been compared to uh, the much more famous structure in Pisa, Italy, remains standing Tuesday morning despite crew's uh, best efforts to implode the building and knock it down with wrecking balls. The abandoned building, once, once home to the affiliated computer services, uh, excuse me, only learned, ooh, ooh that felt good. It was uh, once home to affiliated computer services. It only leaned to the side after a February 16th implosion failed to bring down uh, most of its core, including the main elevator shaft. Lloyd D. Neighbors, whose company Lloyd D. Neighbors Demolition managed the project, said the building tilted in the direction it was meant to fall, indicating that there were no safety concerns. The company contracted another, Pettigrew Inc., to engineer the implosion and handle the explosives. Pettigrew's president, Steve Pettigrew, told the Dallas News... That all, all the explosives did go off. He added that the type of building with solid concrete core and outer columns proved, much, uh, proved more difficult to demolish. Following the failed implosion, uh, people flocked to the area over the course of the next week, snapping photos pretending to hold, uh, to hold up the lopsided tower. It was marked for demolition to make way for a 2500000000 billion mixed-use project called The Central, the Dallas News reported. Efforts to take down the building resumed Monday, beginning at 9 a.m., uh, crews began battering the building with the wrecking balls, destroying, drawing a small crowd of onlookers. Despite, despite enduring hundreds of blows, its main core remained intact. three hours later. They're taking the wrecking ball and hitting the side of the tower over and over again. And it's, still, it's just ineffective, Sean Graybill, a 24-year-old who lives nearby, and came out in his pajamas to watch the demolition on Monday, told the Associated Press. It's not knocking the tower down. Uh, A state, statement issued Friday by uh, De La Vega at the Development suggested the demolition would be done by noon Monday. As soon as efforts to top, as, as the effort to topple the structure stretched into the late afternoon, people began to take another photo, uh, another genre photo, pretending to push the tower over rather than prop it up. The core of the tower, including the elevator shafts, was still standing as of Tuesday morning. Missy Wozinsky, oh my God, does she hate herself? Missy Wyszynski? Their parents hate her? What? Anyway, the group spokesman, Missy Wyszynski, said the process is expected to take up to four days. The wrecking crew is using a 5,600-pound 5, 5, ball and following the standard procedure in studying at the top of the structure working down, she added. As demolition, as demolition work, work took place, an online petition to save this landmark from destruction continued to draw signatures. Bill says he uh, he hasn't signed, but plans uh, plans to if the tower doesn't tumble soon <laughs> the longer it goes on, the more people are going to sign up right It's like it doesn't want to go down clearly oh boy, that's hilarious. This is one of the weirdest stories I've read in like a month at least. McDonald's worker punched cut by customer over a cup of free water. <clears throat> Uh, A McDonald's worker was reportedly assaulted during a bizarre interaction with a customer. According to reports, a female employee was struck by a customer who was apparently angry after being offered a free cup of water. A second female employee was reportedly hit when she attempted to intervene. The incident occurred on Friday at a McDonald's in Midtown, Tennessee, Local 12 reports. According to the outlet, the 44-year-old suspect approached the counter and asked for a cup of water. The cashier reportedly informed the man that the cup would normally cost 32 cents, but since the system was down, she offered the cup for free. At this point, the suspect reportedly became upset and attempted to give the employee a $100 bill. After she returned it and wouldn't accept it, he reportedly began to hit her in the face, knocking her to the ground. When another employee attempted to intervene, the suspect struck her as well, according to the outlet. He threw a cookie container at the cashier, although it did not hit her, and then left the restaurant. Police later arrested men and uh, charged him with two counts of assault and possession of drug paraphernalia. This is just one of the latest incidents of violence to occur. Uh, This is weird as shit. I don't care how high you are. All right. You're like, uh, can I get a cup for some water? And they say normally it's $0.32 cents for the cup, but the system's down. Look, you're going to take my money. I'm paying for the cup. If it's $0.32, cents, it's $0.32. Cents. I'm, not a, I'm not a thief. I'm not a thief. I'm going to kick your ass and you quit calling me a thief. How did it go that way? How did it go that way? It's a free cup. That's normally $0.32, cents and you're pulling out a C-note? Weird. Weird. I don't care how high you are. That's super weird. I wish they were specific about the drug paraphernalia. Like if it was, if it was Coke, I guess it'd make more sense. I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Oh boy. The chair force. Um, Alaska airmen received discipline for urinating a coffee maker. Maker. Yep, people do this. Uh, Alaska-based airman, airman punished last week for reportedly peeing in an office coffee maker, according to a report. The incident was uh, reported in a newsletter written by the legal office office of the Anchorage. Oh, it's Alaska. Legal office of the of the Anchorage Joint Base, Elmendorf Richardson, on February thirteenth. Oh, he was having a bad Valentine's Day. He got he got dumped wanted to take it out on the world, uh, wanted, on coffee drinkers, I guess, um, although, because she, she loved coffee, she always wanted to go co- get coffee, he hates coffee, and he just, he'd go, and he'd get the coffee, and he'd pretend to sip it, and they'd talk, and stuff like that, but he never drank the coffee, he always thought it was a waste of money, and so he was, uh, and they broke up, she dumped him, and she's like, all that, all that coffee I bought, and I fucking hate coffee, you know, I'm gonna piss in this, that's exactly how it happened. None of this is in the news story. Sorry about that. That was a weird tangent trying to understand this sort of behavior. Anyway, according to the newsletter, the airman first class violated two articles. That's right, it's UCMJ. You're under a different form of justice when it comes to being in the military. So, uh, he, the airman first class violated two articles, one being Article 92, dereliction of duty. For, quote this, I love this. I, I, I want to shake the hand of the, jug, uh, the JAG. Person who wrote this, uh, this <laughs> newsletter. He violated Article 92 de- dereliction of duty for failure to refrain from urinating in the office coffee maker. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that, that that covers it. That covers it. It is your duty not to piss in the coffee maker. <laughs> All right, I'm with you so far, Jag. All right, so uh, do they use Jag and Air Force or do they have a special different thing? They have a different, I don't know. Uh, airmen also violated Article 86, absence without leave for five days away from duty. That's the bigger deal right there. AWOL. That's not good. That's not good at all. Five days? Woo! That's the bigger deal right there. Uh, due to his actions, the airmen received reduction to Airman Basic, the lowest enlisted rank in the Air Force. Uh, the airmen, uh, airmen also received a reprimand, although it was not clear what it entailed according to task and purpose a military focused website it's a stern talking to reprimands they give you a stern talking to you pissing my coffee <laughs> airman uh, i'm going to take off going to take off my uniform and beat the piss out of you like a man <laughs> that's that's basically what a reprimand is um yeah five letters of reprimand were previously given to the airman so he's a problem child uh this is according to the newsletter posted on the Air Force, Airman NCO, SNCO, Facebook page. Uh, the newsletter didn't say if the previous reprimands were due to a lack of bladder control or poor judgment. Although users replying to the post still are making uh, light of the alleged act. It's not about the money. It's about sending a message. One user joked referencing the famous Joker quote from The Dark Knight. You know, I hate it when journalists think that they're comedians, that they have any talent in it. I mean, if, there's, if you were, if you're writing for Fox News, it's not because you're funny. Quit trying to make jokes. I make the jokes. Look look, look at me. look at me. I'm the joke maker now. I'm the joke maker now. All right, so let's talk about this. lucky male baboon. How many stories I got left? Oh, shit. These are the last two. got 15 minutes left. Ho. Okay. Well, we're going to do it. We're going to do it anyway. We're going to fill our time. I'm I'm yelling at him for being late, and I I don't have a whole hour to fill. I don't have an hour worth of content. I even read two stories from my books. I mean, that's Scott L. Robbins guy's books. Anyway, a uh, male baboon escapes Australia Medical f- Facility with two wives before vasectomy. He was eventually arrested in, for polygamy. I'm kidding. Australia doesn't have those laws. The, uh, I'm joking, my Aussie friends. Sorry about that mate. Crikey. Um, a male baboon and his two wives, quote unquote, two wives ran wild in Australia on Tuesday after escaping from a medical facility where he was set to undergo a vasectomy. He was running for his life, as far as he was concerned. This is from a health official. That's what they said. Uh, the trio got loose while being transported to the Royal Prince Alfred Hospital in Sydney and toward the parking lot, and where, uh, where surprised bystanders recorded. Excuse me, where surprised bystanders recorded the encounter on video. Uh, New South Wales police said baboons were going bananas. I hate it when cops think that they're comedians. <laughs> You're a cop. Anyway, they, the baboons were going bananas before adding that police and wildlife officials had the situation under control and there was no immediate danger to the public. Uh, NSW Health Minister Brad Hazard told local news outlets the 15-year-old male had been transported to the facility for a vasectomy and not for research purposes. This is a quote from Hazard. They didn't want him to continue breeding. With a small troop he's in, so in order for him to stay, the decision was taken that he should, he should have a vasectomy, Hazard told the Sydney Morning Herald. The two females were there just to keep him calm. I'm sorry for those, if you're Australian and you're listening, I wonder if those things make you furious. And the <laughs> uh, Hazard, they misspelled his name in this one. They misspelled it in this, this one time. Spelling error. Sorry, there's a part editor to every writer. Uh, Hazard told the (laughs) Daily Telegraph the male would have a vasectomy on Wednesday before returning with his two wives to the colony, where he can stay forever with them. Just, you know, don't make babies. He never pulls out. The baboons were from a colony that has been used for medical research in a whole range of areas, including reproductive issues, kidney disease, and gestational diabetes he told the outlet. He emphasized that when the research is completed, the baboons are returned to the colony. The three baboon escapees have since been captured unharmed after handlers from the Taronga Zoo tranquilized them. Hazard now spelled it onesie again. Must have misspelled it the first two times. Hazard told Australian sev- Australia's Australia Seven News. <laughs> I, got a, I got an accent caught in my throat. But not for sparking frenzy on social media, of course, because people taking videos and pictures with it. It's just like the Dallas thing, you know, people are going to take selfies. That's the world we live in now, you know? I was thinking the other day about uh, uh, this fight I got into when I was 21, and uh, I was thinking, you know, I won that fight. We were both 21. He was 21, and I was 21, and I won that fight. And I was thinking, I wonder if I could do as well. Against three seven-year-olds. If I could beat three seven-year-olds in a fight. Or seven three-year-olds. Seven three-year-olds seems like I could definitely beat seven three-year-olds in a fight. I don't, I don't know why. It's just stuff in my head. And I got minutes to kill. Minutes to kill. All right. Justin Bieber leads service at Kanye West's Sunday service. Justin Bieber sang a soulful rendition of Martin Sapp's never would have made it at Kanye West's Sunday service over the weekend. Kim Kardashian called the Christian worship service so good on Twitter and shared footage of the 25-year-old pop star on her Instagram story as he joined the Sunday service choir for the first time. Quote, I never would have made it without you. I would have lost it all, but now I can see how you were there for me. Bieber sang to, as those in attendance cheered, I can say I'm stronger, I'm wiser, I'm better, much better. You can see the video of this on Instagram. I'm not going to point you know where it is. You know who Kim Kardashian is, right? I don't have to explain that to you, do I? Well, who's Kim Kardashian? Who cares about Kim Kardashian? Anyway, um, uh, f- f- Bieber hop off, hopped off stage and gave West a hug. And as the two smiled, with the release of his latest a- album *Changes*, Bieber has become the youngest person to ever achieve seven albums debuting at number one on the Billboard 200 charts, beating Elvis Presley, who achieved it at 26 years old. Bieber sang Sa- Sapp's gospel song in August while leading uh, worship at Pastor Judas Smith's church home location in Los Angeles. He's not the first celebrity to join Sunday Service Choir for a song or two. Sia, S-I-A, is that right? Yeah, Chance the Rapper, uh, is that right? <laughs> and many others—they're uh, so celebrity I, I know who they are. Uh, and many others have been added, have added bars or attended one of West's services, uh, which have been held in Miami, Chicago, Salt Lake City, and other cities. You know, I—I'm glad that this is happening. Uh, you could say Kanye West is a weird cat, and yes, he is. I mean he's not he's, I don't I don't think he's Sean Combs weird but he's he's a weird cat. And so um but I, I think that that's what's great about Christianity is that uh, they have room for weird cats like Kanye West and Justin Bieber and me. And so uh I find it interesting this day and age because there's a, a lot of people have this like atheism uh uh bent to them this uh or even agnostic. Agnostic seems even more wishy-washy. It's like, "Yeah, I guess your god could exist, but well, there's no real proof." And there's plenty of comedians that uh, you know, I don't know. I I guess it's cuz I talk about <laughs> these these matters a lot. It's like comedians on I talk about comedy, I talk about religion, I talk about politics. And so uh you know these videos that come up as like comedians on on religion and so forth. And there's tons of comedians that have bad things to say about religion. You know, um, let's talk about Joe Rogan. You know, and like many Catholics of his generation, the Catholicism has bred so many atheists. They don't they don't even know. A bunch of frustrated women smacking people with with rulers and stuff like that. Turning a bunch of people into atheists. And, like you've seen those bumper stickers, like uh, uh, "Jesus protect me from your followers" and stuff like that. But, like, that's funny. I like it because, uh, yeah, some people are, can be crazy. Kanye West can be crazy, but I don't think Kanye West is trying to shove, shove faith down anyone's throat or anything like that. You know, these people, these people became uh, successful um, commercially you know, secularly, you know, I remember back in the day, you know, you'd have these Christian, like, uh, like Amy Grant, you know, she started off as a Christian singer and then she, you know, became, uh, pop, pop singer. baby, baby, Mm. uh, yeah. And so these people, like they became successful, uh, secularly and then came and discovered religion, their God and. And so forth. And I find that that's interesting. It's like, that's the way that religion works. That's the way that, you know, God moves in people's hearts, if you believe in God. And uh, there's room for even the worst sinner on earth, I think. I always say this thing that makes people, I don't know, sometimes it makes people mad. It's like, what if you got up to heaven and Hitler was there? That uh, even even Hitler could be redeemed. You Think about, like, God's love being that powerful. I don't know.
1: Jews are there too, it's gonna get real awkward.
0: Well yeah, I mean it will it will it will be awkward. Hi, I know I really screwed up on the earth. My bad. I didn't know. We are big on the dual society. We didn't believe in the God. I think it's intent really. Intent that kind of condemns your soul. Good things, good things you do lead to good things, bad things you do lead to bad things. and even if you don't believe in God, you know you can follow those tenets. I think everybody has the same basic general idea of what is right and wrong. I don't think that you, uh, unless you're like a sociopath or something like that. and then uh, uh, people people know people know they, they know when they do, either either in the moment or afterwards in reflection. And sometimes you do evil things, and uh, you don't know, you know, because you're impulsive and you, you're a madman, and you got I gotta live up to a name. <laughs> I'm kidding. I think it's a good thing that like people like uh, Justin Bieber can come to God. I mean, you could still be a pretty boy with a stupid mustache. Doesn't he have the stupid mustache now, Justin Bieber? Anyway, Justin Bieber, Kanye West, you know, welcome to the family. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you're doing what you're doing. And I think that even in today's high tech world, I think there is still a place in people's hearts for religion, and that's okay. Now, I'm not saying follow everything that says in the Bible. People who do that are fucking crazy. It says a lot of shit in the Bible, you know. You can say like a guy with uh, yeah. an actual giant, you know, an actual giant, every single, every single creature on earth onto an ark. Okay. You know how many species there are in the world? (laughs) You know how many species there are? And I think like something like 99% of all species that ever lived are dead now. That's just how it works, you know? And so, uh, yeah, here we are, 658. We might as well end up in it, in it now. I'm kind of out of stories anyway. I thought I had a lot of information to do today, but I went through it quick. I've been going through it quicker. I don't know. Can you follow, can you follow me, my, my pace and so forth? I hope so. And so, if not, you know, I guess you could. there's people who slow down podcasts, or I'm sorry, speed up podcasts because some people talk so slow, or they'll just babble anyway um yeah um we have a teespring store if you go to com slash store slash madman lowercase you will that's two words madman lowercase but they're together um you can get like t-shirts like the one i'm wearing right now or um say FXPG public radio shock monkey radio on the back um we also uh what else Become a patron, go over to patreon.com slash radio. there you'll get our complete video content, um, if you become a patron, um, also check out YouTube, YouTube, I put clips of our show up here, I don't know what I'm going to clip today, um, I'll, I'll, I'll clip something tonight, I'll put it up on YouTube, I'll definitely put up, uh, the whole video for our patrons over at patreon.com slash radio. go over there, become a patron, and get access to everything, um. Yeah, check us out on Facebook, Shock Monkey Radio Redux on Facebook. Uh, This has been Shock Monkey Radio. I'm the madman, and I love you.